Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Swung in, lines in deep left field. It is gone! It went! This is the official Covering the Corner podcast, episode 184. I am your host, Matt Lyons. On this week's episode, talk about some spring training games the Guardians have played, state of the roster since we last talked about them last year in 2021, who's left for the Guardians to add in a very slow offseason that they've had so far. Uh, discuss all that and more with none other than Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how you been? Great, dude. Guards. We're guards now. <laughs> the guard <It's> rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've watched parts of three games and I've heard a dozen, two dozen Indians already come out of announcers. Oh, you know. It's very difficult it's... to... Uh, I feel like we got a head start on that first, not calling him by the name and then calling him Guardians early. So it's like, it's easy for us now, but I can understand. Like, I'm pretty sure that... It's a leap. I, I, I think... I, maybe they changed it by now, but like Mike Mike Petriello posted something from uh, Baseball Savant and it still said Indians. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm that's sure the official annoying. thing. Like, that's owned by baseball. <laughs> Come on, fix this. It was like three days ago, too, so... <laughs> Come well, on, I have to say, seeing the Guardian stuff everywhere is really cool. Like that's what I was excited for. Like seeing that baseball, a little flappy G. I don't care if they call it the fastball G. It's the flappy G. It's got wings. It's, flat, it's a ball. Yeah, flappy G. Yeah, it flaps oh, yes. and, and it looks awesome in like three D and in like everywhere. And the block in the the diamond C is objectively better than the block C and maybe one of. I got my hat, dude. Logos. It's sick. I love oh, yeah. it. Awesome. Yeah, I got the I got the red brim hat. It's it's very nice. I, I, I didn't wear it during the lockout in solidarity, so I had to switch over to all of my. Uh... <laughs> you just solemnly put it in a drawer and closed it. I did. I, it. Well, yeah, I was like, not yes, yeah. So I um so I, I had to switch over to all my my various minor league hats uh, because they are not covered by the union, so it does not matter. So yeah, I still got to I want one of those spring training hats. They don't have them without that stupid patch though, and I don't want to do the work of removing it. But they're they're really no. cool, like the the blue on blue with a little red outline. I guess every team does it with their colors, but um, more importantly, Merritt, the baseball has has technically happened after the long lockout, um, a, a months of no news followed by for the Guardians basically no more news. Uh, one backup catcher signed, and now we're into games. I know you, you said you didn't get to watch much or any of the spring training games so far, but it hasn't been. I mean, they were they were two and and zero coming into today as we recorded on Monday. And then just an absolute, um, I don't think you call this a barn burner, right? If if one side, it's like half the barn burned and that was it. Uh, I guess that's an arson is what 20. that would be. <laughs> just, yeah. This was an arson. This was yeah. assault. Yeah. Uh, the Rangers put up 25 on the Guardians and the Guardians scored 12, which was, I mean, mostly in garbage time. It's spring training, so the score doesn't matter. But also, it was, what, a four-hour game uh, of a game that doesn't matter with, with backups and everything. But there was a couple fun things. Uh, like uh, Gabriel Arias looked really good. I will say they're averaging they're averaging like they're averaging like over ten runs a game though. So I mean, <laughs> there you go. Offense, the fixed. offense, 
It's there. Like, haters. Don't need to sign anyone. All the young guys are good now, it turns out. They're all ace superstars. So I love spring training for dumb overreactions, and I'm here for it 100%. Stephen Kwan was the thing I was excited about. Oh, He's yeah. the guy who, if, if, if nobody kept up with it in the offseason and lockout, um, like Fangrass basically projects him to be I think, was it like the best Guardians outfielder <laughs> other than maybe Miles Straw? Better than most of their free agent options. Uh, obviously not like Michael Conforto or the, the really good ones they can get, which we'll talk about later. But um, for some reason, Fangraph Zips just really likes his projections. Uh, I think a lot of Guardians fans are starting to catch on to, to him coming up the minus. He had a really good game uh, yesterday. He had a two strike, hit the ball the other way. He had a couple he had a couple hits, and they were both impressive. Um, I think I'm I'm more excited for him than I was like, I can't pretend I wasn't excited for Daniel Johnson, who also played today, but <laughs> I'm really excited for Daniel. More than like um, Greg Allen, who a lot of people, it seems very similar at the hype levels. Like he was kind of, people started to catch on in double A, and now they're getting more excited in triple A. Um, I think Kwan's going to start in triple A, and I think he has a, a pretty decent chance to have a lot better career, at least in Cleveland, than Greg Allen did, um, which will be exciting. But yeah, it's, it's just all the young guys played today most of them did well owen miller it seems like all the ones who were probably going to start in the majors did not do well <laughs> owen miller was Uh-oh. 0 for three um yeah ernie clement had was one for two i think yu chang has had a couple errors so far in spring so it's been rough for like the starters but the young guys which i guess is is kind of what they're going for here helping these young guys pull through and they don't have to sign anybody um is what they're looking for and it's, it's kind of what's happening so far i mean chang's there for his bet anyways <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah, dude, yeah. Stephen Quad, by the way, I mean, for, again, for those who don't know the name, yeah, we got 217 games in the minors for his career. I've done a lot, but still 301 batting average, and he's putting a bunch of weight on it, it looks like, too. So he's mashing. Like, this could be – maybe this is the luck. Maybe this is the good luck they finally stumbled on, finding some round five draftee. Oregon State, I mean, they, 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 they poop out hitters like it's nobody's business. So it's – I'm unsurprised by that, by that sourcing, I suppose. But maybe yeah, he's I mean, the first big coup in their – um, and they're they've cracked hitting. It took them years to figure out pitching, but now they've cracked hitting. So they're going to start cracking out silver sluggers and MVPs along with their Cy Young winners. Is my obvious level-headed assumption here? Because again, spring training, nothing matters, and I'm, and I'm jacked, dude. Here we go. But the the thing with Quan was I was going to say if he does break out and if he is like a two-win player, like that solves most of their problem. It's the sad part of I, I don't think there's a good chance that happens, but if they could just sign somebody who could probably do that, like everybody who's already been signed, who they were reportedly so close to, but they didn't um, grab any of them. I mean, if, if Quan pans out, then maybe they turn out to be right and they didn't need to sign anybody, but I would also like them to hire, have a higher payroll than like $30 million, whatever it is, with just Jose Ramirez and Roster. million. <laughs> and a bunch of pre-yard players. It's it's not going to be a... It's not a good look coming into your first time as a guardian, as the guardians coming out and just basically having nobody on your paid roster besides William Ramirez, even extension of Ramirez at this point. I think you've got to add something to help around him, um, which kind of takes us to to just the state of the roster is another thing I wanted to to talk about as we um, sort of bring back the podcast. We haven't talked in a while since I think last September is, is when it was. There's not, I mean, again, not a ton of changes. They haven't done a whole lot. Um, Basically, all we know from spring so far is that outfit is still a mess. Terry Francona didn't seem to commit to Zimmer and Mercado too much. I was reading on uh, Guardians.com today, or Mandy Bell was writing that. Just kind of the way he said it wasn't exactly like a, there are guys we're going for. It was it was more like, a, we're going to see what we got out there. <laughs> and they happened to be the ones there. Uh, Ahmed Rosario is apparently going to be moved around again. He could be shortstop, left field, right field, whatever, center field. I guess center field locked down by straw now, but 
Um, yeah, what are your thoughts just on the general, the, the state of what we're looking at now, which I guess is not totally different from last year, but maybe some guys getting older and, and getting better, hopefully. I mean, the big question marks are obviously the fact that they have Josh Naylor listed as either first or second string of two, three different positions when he, he has, you know, he blew his knee out, which <laughs> is true. back up all over the field, yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's your backup left fielder, right fielder. He's a super sub. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Right now, according to the depth chart on on the official website, he's a starting left fielder. He's a starting right fielder. He's the backup first baseman. He's not the DH for some reason, so whatever, but... I'd say that's the most glaring thing than that. And then the fact that I just, you know, again, you spend the whole winter just like being grumpy about baseball not existing and, and you know, the whole the whole bullshit with the uh, lockout there. And you forget the fact that their catching situation is currently Sandy Leo and Austin Hedges. And then didn't they sign? So they have an NRI as well uh, as a catcher, I think. Yeah, the one guy they Actually, signed. No, yeah, it is uh, Sandy Leone is the non-roster invitee, but he's listed right now as a starting uh, catcher. And again, like this is something we talk about constantly: the fact that uh, Cleveland just simply does not value or values uh, the defensive side of things. And I mean, Hedges and Leon are good at what they do defensively, but it would be nice to have a team that could hit. And looking at this team again, to your point, someone better make a move because otherwise we're going to see a lot of not hitting. Um, I just I want like Miller to be the good. The opposite but... of not hitting is, is what I think I'd like to go for. Yeah, you know that that'd be that'd be nice. You're right. Good point. Uh, but yeah, they're just uh, just looking at the roster right now. It's just, it's disappointing because what well, they're projected for like a seventy-eight win season, and I know we have high hopes about a full season. Shane, B- what did they win last year? They won like uh, I don't even remember. Here we go. I think they uh, were below five hundred, right? Because they snapped the streak. They were eighty and eighty-two. Yeah, right. They're eighty and eighty-two. Um, I mean, obviously, we're excited about a full season once again of Bieber and Plezak and. Uh, I'm excited, actually, for the next couple of days. I believe that we're going to see our first sighting of Eli Morgan. And, you know, that's the kind of guy who we're hoping can add a couple of ticks to his fastball because his changeup is so dirty. That could be good. Logan Allen got bombed today. Um, overall, Matt, not happy with the roster. I'll be honest with you. It looks like it's going to – so here's the thing. Uh, in, in the Slack the other day, someone mentioned that they got no hit four times last year, and I just completely forgot about that. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it's it's technically only three because the other one was a shortened doubleheader game. So let's I keep that those. in mind. I don't <laughs> yeah, care. I, I mean, count those. It's it's four. <laughs> it's, the it's regulation weird. game was over, and they didn't get a hit. It's they were no hit four times, which is insane. so. Yeah, I just I kind of forgot about that. And then like, what's changed? Nothing. If anything, it's gotten worse. So. We'll get to this in a bit about things that they could add, but like, like like you said with Quan or some of these other young guys, I mean, maybe Arias can force himself onto the team, but that's this is not a team or an organization, rather, that historically has allowed that, right? Because they care so much about like service time, protecting protecting control, and you know all the other things that caused a lockout. Um, yeah, and I mean, yeah, not if, psyched, not psyched. I guess yeah, if if he didn't have to force himself on, like the, if they were just going all in on youth and like. Just have Arias, have Stephen Kwan start, and like we know they're going to and get consistent time. Then okay, I guess. Like last year was supposed to be. We always talked about the stealth rebuild year, and it was supposed to lead into this, where you have those young guys who were producing, and now they can just build on that. But like none of the young guys produced like they should last year because Andre Jimenez didn't, Owen Miller didn't, uh, Yu Chang didn't grow very much, Oscar Mercado, Bradley Zimmer are basically just flamed out at this point. Um, so I guess that was just kind of a setback, but then it didn't bother fixing it at all. And they're just doing it again. <laughs> and maybe we'll see like Stephen Kwan um, up eventually. But I mean, just the fact, like you said, that Josh Naylor is the backup at so many positions. They, they just have to add something, whether it's 
I don't know. Part of the problem too is they stashed so many guys in the forty man roster because they thought a rule five draft was going to happen, and then it didn't, and now they can't add anybody without getting rid of somebody. So, um, what, I think like so a trade I, makes the I most did, sense. But at, at the risk of sounding like a rube who just hasn't been paying attention, <laughs> which I am, uh, <laughs> where the hell is <laughs> Nolan Jones? Wasn't he going to be the next big thing? Am I am I forgetting something? Is he broken now? Is he bad actually? Or no, he just wasn't great last year, and he just kind of disappeared off everything. I don't know. That's that's. I mean, I'm I'm as lost as you are, and I've I've watched him. He just, I mean, he just averaged last year. Once he hit AAA, I mean, I don't know. Last year was supposed to be the year that we were, we were going to get mad about him not debuting, and then he didn't, and then he wasn't good. I was like, oh, okay, I couldn't get it now. <laughs> but yeah, because like, um, I mean, the strikeout have... issues have just gotten worse every single year for him, and in AAA, it peaked to thirty percent. So I mean, it's it's pretty clear, like what his issue is and, and usually if you're a guy like him who strikes out a lot and also walks a lot in the minors and it doesn't get better as you go through a triple a you're probably just going to strike out a lot and not walk as much because you're going to see better pitches um I, I think they probably see something in nolan jones that just doesn't even make him viable to 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 start in the season and probably not even a huge trade chip um if they do trade him just somebody who needs a third baseman who's rebuilding i mean you can always just dump anybody on the pirates so if they need somebody <laughs> they have an outfielder uh, I mean, brian reynolds you talk about adding they'll take any of your prospects that are your eric gonzalez's who who might have one tool that'll work eventually um but yeah i don't know it's just a guy who, who just sort of faded as he came up and he's he's still only 23 but at this point like if you're 23 24 20, in triple a yeah, you're kind of getting old yeah you're yeah. getting kind of old in triple a and yeah, he's outside of the. I mean, I, I left my baseball perspectives annual in the room, unfortunately. But on Fangraphs top one hundred, he's you know top prospect. He's he's fallen out of the top one hundred, which whatever that means, obviously. But still, like, like he's been leapfrogged by Arias and Quan and Espino and Rocio. Kind of good whatever. news. I mean, not good news. I mean, it news, is but... sure. I mean, it's cool that they have the f- third or fourth most top one hundred prospects um, tied, obviously, with like five teams. But like, but if Nolan Jones panned out, they'd be in a much better position right now. Like, if he was it would, a great left fielder, this team would look a whole lot better. But he's just if not. he was a pretty good left fielder, if, <laughs> yeah. he was, if he was able to hit 280 with a 340 on base and a 450, um, you know, uh, slugging percentage, yeah, this, this team would look a whole lot different. But uh, but he's not, and <laughs> that's kind of the problem. Yeah, no, I just, I just, that's that's kind of just been a thing that's kind of stuck in my craw for over a year now, obviously, because I've just been like. Are we supposed to? Is it the point of all this? The prospects, like I don't get to, I don't get to like fall in love with a player long term because they leave after whatever eight years or something like that. I need prospects to feed me. You know, it's like give me more. Yes, give me the youth. I feed upon this. You know, I'm like a vampire. <laughs> I mean, I don't pay attention to like most teams' prospects, so I don't know how how often it occurs, but it feels like there's been a lot of Guardians prospects who have come up and then just flamed out especially hitting i guess it's only hitting prospects we know they have a problem um they, they said it themselves they, they struggle with hitting development not as much as they do pitching uh, or more than they do pitching like they've got pitching seems like nailed down but all these guys are coming up like I, we mentioned earlier owen miller yu chang um all these guys who do seem like they had something and they've come up and we're just waiting on someone else to replace them i don't know if like arias is going to do the same thing when he gets up if kwan's going to do the same thing um like Ernie Clement was another one. I don't think anybody thought him to be great, but he came up and he was just kind of not good <laughs> in his limited time. And Nolan Jones now, who hasn't even made it to the majors. Um, I, I wonder if part of it will be eventually, because I, I I forgot until today that they have a new hitting coach, Chris Faleka. Um, I don't know how much of the problem Ty Van Berkeley was, but when you're 
when you get no hit four times, I guess you got to make some change. And that was the change they were getting rid of him. So <laughs> maybe there's something there. And also the weird thing with him, like looking up his stuff last year when they, they hired him, his specialty was like taking veteran guys who needed a small adjustment, helping them do it. And now they've got him and they're not getting these veteran guys. <laughs> I don't know if maybe they like the minor league guys coming out might have a small adjustment you can help them with. Uh, if that just kind of translates, he's just maybe a good like tutor and, and helps you decipher that stuff in general. But um, I don't know. Maybe just the difference is not having Ty Van Berkeley around who didn't exist in the first place, but now we've got Chris Flake who definitely does exist. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I just tell you, and I know I've said this several times before in the show, but it's just, I don't, I can't, I can't give that much credence one way or the other to a, to a hitting, to a professional hitting coach. It's, it's much more of an organizational thing unless they're doing some big time overhauls, you know, like elsewhere or big changes that we're just, we just don't know about because we don't, we don't preview that knowledge. Maybe that, and, and who knows? Maybe they'll hit this year, and and that's it was it's all this guy because he noticed something or does his job at all. Who knows? Maybe Tyler Bradley was in fact a, a bag of sand or something, uh, just with, with a with like a with a mustache on it or something like that. And we're, we're never going to know either because if if the they turn out to hit really well, it's just going to be oh well. It's it's like you said. There's an organizational change. It's not just Ty Van Berkeley. If they're really bad. You're gonna say, "Look, it wasn't Ty Van Berkeley the whole time." So I mean, well, we're what, never really gonna know. Yeah, and, what, and what's insane is like they did still produce a couple like good hitters over the like in Van Berkeley's time with the team. It's not like they just like. I mean, Michael Brantley's a good example, and and I, I think what we're what we are both doing here is just expecting constant success. When in reality, like you know, just looking at FanGraphs top 100, how many of these players will be worth more than five wins above replacement in their entire career? Right. Like, are we going to be singing the praises of Josh Jung and Curtis Mead and Josh Winder and Brady House in the next ten years? I'm sure that the Nationals and Twins and the and the Rangers will be jazzed to hear that. But like, I don't think so. Uh, fa- failure is the expectation with baseball in every single way, right? Like, w- whether it's you know they always like oh whatever they're even the best hitters in the world fail. Sixty uh, percent of the time, or whatever. But like, you know, when it comes to prospects, it's you're, you're gonna you're, you're not gonna make it. Like, you're not gonna make it unless you do. Like, and so maybe we're just digging ourselves a hole of expectation. But we've also, I feel like we've been, I feel like I've been sold a, a bag of like a a load of goods here over the last <laughs> multiple times, yeah. multiple times over the last. Yeah. I'll, I'll honestly say decade because yeah, no. after that pseudo golden generation that we kind of got with like. Brantley and Santana and Kipnis and Chisenhall and that whole crew. There's been nothing. Like the, the, I mean, obviously the the capstone to all that was Lindor uh, and and Ramirez, but outside of that, like we just haven't seen anything come out of the out of the minors of any real. Am I forgetting? I'm hitting wise, no, obviously. I, I mean, I mean, am I forgetting that. anyone? Like, no. I mean. No. <laughs> yeah, like, like, Bobby Bradley was random. supposed to be the one because he could add crazy power. He just strikes out too much. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's there's nobody. I mean, like Owen Miller. I I don't know. Uh, Nolan Jones was supposed to be the other one, and he just is not at all. Like uh, Will that's Benson, when like, at one point he was another high draft pick, another outfielder they drafted who doesn't pan out. So Jake Bowers was supposed to be a guy. Tyler Naquin was supposed to be a guy. Obviously, there was the the the, the triplets that we always like to think of uh, for at the you know in the outfield. But yeah, they just haven't. Yeah, they just haven't pr- produced anything over the last six or seven years, and like there's been a lot of drafts, and there's been a lot of middle infielders, and there's been a lot of no success. So I don't, I don't know what you take out of that, but you're just like, 
I'm tired of looking at platoons of random dudes. Like I, I love Jordan Luplo and I love whoever their modern day Jordan Luplo is going to be. But I would Which prefer to have. A- I mean, it could have been Jock Peterson. Damn it! But you know what? He's God because that would have been so like, fun. I was so jazzed for a Jock Peterson arrival. I like that so oh, I wanted that for years. Like this, and he was signed for almost nothing. There's no way they could not afford that. I don't care how cheap they want to act like they are. There's no way they couldn't pay him what was like seven million dollars for a year. You can you can like, do that. You saw that post, I'm sure. Like twenty years ago, their payroll was more than twice what the payroll is now. And you can say what you want about attendance, but we know for a fact that attendance is now a tertiary revenue source for any team. I, I would almost even hazard to say particularly small market teams. Like I don't what what, what the Ra- what the rays in on on Freddie Freeman? What does yeah, that tell? Yeah, you? no, yeah. Like, I, I mean the, the twins they series, just signed but... Carlos Correa or not Carlos Correa. They just signed somebody. Yeah, they just yeah, signed Carlos, Carlos Correa. Correa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're not in the market much bigger than Cleveland and they don't get that much more attendance. I looked at it's like not even a million more a year they don't get. So it's it's not a huge gap between Cleveland and, and these other cities as as far as the the payrolls making it look like it is. They could clearly do it. Uh, they could clearly add anybody. Which speaking of, they've added nobody at this point. Um, you saw that quote and, that uh, Dallas Keuchel had today, right? He's just oh like, yeah. <laughs> he was just talking about yeah. Well, it's just one more guy we got to get out, and you know Cleveland could be good. They spent a little money, and they they could be a real threat. But you know, <laughs> his exact <laughs> quote was from a CBA spe- standpoint, I'd like Cleveland to pay their players more. But I'm not an ownership guy, so I can't say much. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, Dallas. It's, you're not wrong there. You know but. what? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to buy myself a Dallas Keuchel jersey. <laughs> Astros, of course, from his, tw- yeah, from his Cy Young year. Because, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. But, I mean, the problem there also is, like, I don't think it's going to fix the problem if they pay Austin Hedges $20 million more million, but they need to pay players more <laughs> to get more players over here. Um, I mean, obviously, I'd like extending. Because they haven't done those extensions. Like, was Jose the last one? The last, like... Because that's what they were known for for a good like year and a half. There was getting these guys before they came like busted. Well, that's what they were always and, known for, right? The, from the nineties on, from John Hart on, it was always getting guys pre eligible, pre arb eligible, and signing them to some that eats up a few, um, you know, free agency years. And I know they they want to try and do that with um, with Bieber. I know he's I think he's that made sip is long. <laughs> well, he said something last week about wanting to stick around. Like he likes being in Cleveland, which I don't blame him. I mean. I mean, selfishly, I mean, your numbers look way good pitching against the AL Central half the time, so that's always, that always benefits, and it definitely helps you hit your, you know, your your accelerators as far as salary is concerned. It also makes you feel like a badass. So, yeah, and I don't, I don't doubt know. him saying that whatsoever. I'm sure he wants to stick around, just just in general. Like, the, I don't, I, I didn't realize how high their salary was in twenty, you know, in, in the 1990s. See, the fact, like, if they could just, Matt, if they could just get up to 75 million dollars, <laughs> that's all we're asking franchise, for. I don't need I her to be, be the Dodgers. So that's fine. That's that's the other thing. Like they're a good enough front or front office that if you get them another like you double triple the payroll, which is still not that much, you could probably make a pretty damn good team. They just didn't have to tear apart the 2018 team they had and maybe like build off of that and keep it going instead of shredding it apart for for payroll. Is that's all I'm saying, man? I mean, like like this off season, it did, there wasn't a ton of. Um, huge players. I think even one of the biggest out there, Michael Conforto, is still there. But I mean, there's Nick Castellanos, Kyle Schwarber, Jock Peterson. We talked about Jorge Soler is another one. There's all these outfielders they could have just got who were not, not like Trevor Story, who who also, by the way, was not a ton of money for what he is. Um, but he wasn't that. He wasn't like an eight year, 
300 million dollar guy they could have got all these and they just got none of them and they're just going with oscar mercado and bradley zimmer for who knows what reason we'll probably get just i mean they've got to sign a backup somewhere and i'm sure we're going to get one uh dexter fowler is still floating out there somewhere i'm sure michael martinez is, is hitting the ball somewhere <laughs> why not <laughs> get another infielder i'm sure he can play the outfield um it's just they have not added anything but I, I guess the question now is if we're going from pessimistic to hopefully optimistic is is what can they actually add i mean there's not a ton of free agents left there's a few conforto i think tommy fam is still a free agent he is, yeah. he signed? Uh, I, I just yeah. checked the, the, the thing as of you know at least a couple hours ago he, he didn't sign so yeah so i mean there's him there's there's potential trade targets i saw the rays wanted to maybe consider trading uh, austin meadows that would be very good i'd be all for that brian reynolds from the pirates again i think that'd be my top one if you could i don't care how many middle infielders you have to trade to get brian reynolds for um i'm, I'm sure he's still well under pre-arb get him over here for a couple of years i'd rather have him than they've got eight prospects in the top 110 any, so. <laughs> any infield prospects so trade two of them trade three of them i don't care whatever you got to get to get them um give a pitching prospect that. shoot yeah. give him whatever who cares like i mean i mean Merrick daniel espino for brian reynolds I mean, I don't know. Whatever. Who? Can, you know what? Trade Cal Quantrill for something really impactful. <laughs> I like, I, I like Whoa, him well enough. the line, Merritt. I just drew a line. Look, you stepped. How over. many? I There's read line? so many articles over, over the last couple of weeks where it's just like teams are looking for pitching, and I'm like, hmm, Indians are or the Guardians are pretty good at one specific thing. Look at that. I won't even think about it. Never mind. It's <laughs> not nothing. Cal Quantrill it's, though. It's That's ridiculous. The- there's like a little a little wall, and on the other side is Shane Bieber and Cal Quantrill. They're waving to you because you can't go over there and you can't trade them. Those are the two. I don't he's, know. He's our special boy. You cannot Cal trade Cal Quantrill. I'm you sure get some legit stuff. You could. I feel like after this year, you're going to be able to. I, I think maybe he's still – I'm sure some teams recognize that there's there's some really good stuff brewing there. But I think after this year, when he's a full-time starter for the whole season or whatever weird shit they do at the beginning, like it's going to be rolling with Cal Quantrill. Um, I'm, I'm really excited for him. I mean, this whole pitching staff, obviously, that's it's exciting. Tristan McKenzie is still growing. Aaron Savali is going to be whatever the hell he's doing over there. I'm sure he'll have a new pitch out there. Um, he's garbaging it up, man. He's going to bring the gyro ball back. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's yeah, weird they're doing yeah. the, the four-pitch thing when they have all these guys still. <laughs> like They have so many starting pitchers. And a bunch just got to be shifted to the bullpen because we saw today like Hentges and Logan Allen. I think that those ships are, are long gone and sunk into Very bad. the ocean. But and those two are going to be there, and then you got Logan T. Allen coming up soon. Um, Daniel Espino again. Like, yeah, I, I think they could probably trade pitching to get one of these guys. If they have to. Like, yeah, that's that's a, that's a good point. Like, I think the bullpen in particular, or something. I was looking. Like, they have, I mean, Class A obviously, and they have uh, Trevor Steffen, Mick Sandlin, and then which just kind of becomes just some guys. And I mean, I don't know what you do with that. Like now, now that now that several of these guys have had their, you know, uh, we, we've seen the Emperor without clothes with guys like James Karinchak, Um what does that look like? I don't know. What does that look like going forward? Because guys like uh, Stefan and Cla- Class A, and some of these guys have good velocity. It's just everything else is trash. So, Henches, obviously, good velo. Just gets, he just throws it straight as a, an arrow and then gives up, let's see, four hits and five runs in 0.1 innings for an ERA of 135.0. Not great at all. Okay, they brought in Marman after that, and he gave up. Four runs and only four hits. Much more efficient for an ERA of one hundred and eight. <laughs> but then are guys like Eli Morgan just just a reliever now? Because I, mean, I, I don't know how you. Fit that is him an in impossible choice. <laughs> that, that, that's the thing. Like if he comes up and he's still throwing ninety, it's just not a tenable choice. He's a swingman. He's 
he's he's hey look it's Josh Allen part two like uh, not Josh Allen Josh Logan Tomlin Allen? part Josh two Tom- oh yeah, Logan yeah. yeah yeah he's just he's just a, a, the latter day Josh Tomlin because yeah. he's only throwing because again he's all control and, and and deception but again I thought the whole point of of this team was they're going to develop these pitchers into something like they're going to find the the location and secondary movement and then just add a few ticks to the old velo there um, yeah. I mean, I mean like Cody what happened this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like Cody Morris, uh, Connor Pilkington, those two are going to be kind of knocking on the door this year. I think Pilkington will probably just go to the bullpen, but like Morris could, could be a starter. I, I don't know. It's just, there's so many starting pitchers, so many prospect pitchers. We, we talk about the, so many middle infielders they have, but so far, like, it's not like so many of them have panned out. <laughs> I'd rather deal some of the pitchers that, that, you know, um, like you're going to have more with, with how they develop pitchers. You don't know if you're going to have, like if you believe Tyler Freeman is the real deal and like his hitting tool is real, I would rather keep him and trade like a Daniel Espino who you also know is going to be real, but you also have like 12 other pitchers that you know down to a science how to develop and get them up. Um, like Gabriel Arias, if he's close and if he, um, even if somebody wants him for like a, a Brian Reynolds, that's maybe the only thing I would trade him for, the only person, but um I would I would almost rather trade pitching despite how many middle infielders it looks like they have compared to how many actually ever pan out. Like, well, what do we say to to what happened last year though, right? Because like the pitching staff going in was going to be the the, the pillar on which they you know built everything, which is the, the 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 foundation of the entire team. And what we got ninety six innings out of Bieber, we got one hundred and forty two out of Plezak, we got one hundred and twenty four out of Savale, one hundred and forty nine out of Quantrill. I know the 200 inning pitcher is, you know, fading away into the in the distance. But are, are we just? I, I guess my thought. What I'm, I guess I'm talking around the idea that, like, do we think, and do we have any grounds to think this way that all the injuries and the inability for pitchers to stay healthy was a result of the previous year? Was it like a hangover from a, a weird 60 game season of 2020 that was just a different construct and all that sort of thing? Are, are, are we on that boat at all, or is it a... Maybe, maybe it's my hubris, but I just think it was random, awful luck. <laughs> maybe part That's of it fair. was 2020 yeah, and like how quick they had to ramp up, um, which which will also happen this year, by the way. They have to ramp up pretty quick, um, which is why they're doing... They're not going to push everybody at the beginning, but um, I, I think that was just like historic levels of shit luck they had last year. Who were we dead? We had like JC Mejia, who's not here anymore. He was a pitcher. He was the first one up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they had so many starting pitchers last year. I just don't think that happens again. It was because that was part of the problem. Like, these guys were not meant to just come up and be starters last year. I think Egalia Morgan was probably up before he. They probably wanted him to, but like, Hench who else are going to put up games. there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bill Sam Hench started, started a, a bunch game. Of Nick Whitgren started. I mean, those are probably just bullpen games. But oh, Phil you know, Mayne. yeah. Why would you remind me Eli of that? Morgan. I, was, I love Phil Mayne so much. I know because the big tomato boy. We all miss him. <laughs> so, yeah, was he eleven was starting pitchers. He's on the pitching in the World Series. He was pitching in the World Series, wasn't he? Henches, or uh, uh, rather, um, Maiden was. Were they in the World Series? Who was in the World Series last yeah, year? Yeah, he was on the Astros. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 He was bad on the Astros, but he was there. Just doing his thing. <laughs> whipping cutters. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I like Miles Straw. Like, we've talked about the trade before. The the weird player for a weird player was a great idea, and I think it was. I agree. Time, uh, I'm, but... I'm all in on Miles Straw. I, I um a mutual follow of ours, um, Ed Carroll on Twitter was pointing out that he's like, "Do I just have to get used to supporting Miles Straw with this team?" And I'm like, "I agree with him, man. I mean, ugh, gosh, damn." But I love he's fun, I guess. Yeah, he's, he's what Bradley Zimmer we thought he would be. He's a speedy outfielder. I mean, there's there's no power that we thought Zimmer would have, but he's a speedy outfielder who probably maybe can hit. 
with one he gets on base. weird exactly he gets on base with one really weird hole in his swing but if he gets that figured out i'm i'm fully on the miles straw train and i feel like there's more basis to that than any of the random hype i've had over prospects recently that haven't panned out at all well he's uh, he has performance right i mean yeah. what, i mean he's not like an all-star but he'd be like oh no, he's a, a valuable we talked about last year he's a he's the kind of guy that just makes a team better because he'll be hitting eighth or ninth i hope not first uh, and he'll get on base, and he'll just cause havoc on the base paths, and then he'll he'll make life easier for what what will inevitably, according to the depth chart, be a dreadful outfield defensively. Otherwise, I mean, yeah, Naylor is inevitably going to end up out there, but I mean, I guess they did get Mercado out there, so yeah, I mean, he was yeah. almost a four win player last year, which is kind of crazy. I, I mean, know that was so much effective. weighted by defense, but I mean, he also gets on base. I don't, I don't care if he doesn't have a ton of power. Like you said, just let him get on base and and let these these meaty boys behind him get him home. It's the island of misfit toys. I mean, it's always been that way with Cleveland, right? It's just it, the, all these guys who have massive flaws. I mean, except for certain guys, you know, you got Jose and you got Bieber and you got uh, Framio Reyes, of course. No flaws in him at all. Do not look at his strikeout numbers. I'm not looking. I'm not <laughs> looking. I'm not looking. And honestly, they're not as bad as you think either. Like they're not no, great, it, but it's there. There was a streak for a while there last year. It was it was concerning, but I think he's he rebounded well enough that like if he's oh, going to yeah. hit 30, 40 home runs, let him strike out thirty percent of the time. I don't care. Yeah, I mean he's one hundred and what OPS plus one twenty seven. Like, yeah, what's his R bat? That's, that's what I want. I don't I don't need OPS plus. I oh, thanks R-bat for asking. One hundred twenty three. <laughs> Thank I'm, you very I'm, much, I'm, man. <laughs> I'm glad you asked, and I'll let you know. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> the very important. I guess his plus. strikeout rate has been climbing steadily. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but don't look, it, don't look. I don't look. I'm not looking. Uh, no, not looking. Not looking. But his walk rate has also climbed. So I think that's what's what's important here. So yeah, and his roba is 355. So <laughs> which I don't know if he'll be affected. I mean, we weren't going to talk about like the rule changes stuff, like the the shift being banned. Uh, I think next year it's it's guaranteed or it could be. But I don't know. Like he's I don't think he's a guy that pulls it a lot, is he? But I don't know if it's going to affect him. Like Jose Ramirez, I think it'll it'll help the most if he can pull and not be shifted on so much. Um, but if he's not worried about it as as much as he seemed to, but I don't know, maybe for the average he can... poll last year was twenty eight point eight percent of the time. Reyes was at twenty seven point six, which is far and away his highest rate. Uh, prior to that, he was at career. He's a twenty two point four percent poll guy, and I, I do remember listening to. Um, um, what's his name? Um, Rick Manning talking about how when he's going good, it's always that kind of center center. I can't do anything in my brain. Right center kind of angle. You know what I mean? And I, I, to your point about that too, I just uh, as far as the rule changes are concerned, this is why you give Jose Ramirez a five year extension right now, like right now. That man, if you can't shift on him, he's going to hit three fifty with like. 45 he's going to win an MVP next year if you can't shift on him like hand, like that's it like he just same deal right like same deal like he, he said he pulled the ball 41% of the time last year 42 the year before that oh, since since 2018 Ramirez has pulled the ball 40.9% of the time yeah and he's and one of the most shifted players in baseball yeah yeah imagine if he just if it's just open now like he's going to win a batting title he hits the ball so hard <laughs> Like, yeah. and he doesn't have to worry oh about anything. God. He just swings the way he wants to, and he's going to get more. I'll just oh drop God. in for doubles, more that get out of the infield. Um, Please give him two hundred million dollars for the next five years. That's not <laughs> just even right oh now. My God, you just buy out the prime for years, and, and maybe you get like one year at the tail end where he won't be all there um, production wise. Be like thirty four, which you could Who still cares? be really good at thirty four. Like if you yeah, get those first four years, yeah. 
All he'll be when he's 34 is what he was when he was 23. It was at 312, 363, 462. He'll just be a, a, a young, a, a, a 27-year-old Michael Brantley. Michael yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> My God. Pay the man. Like This is this is the man you should pay. This is the man who should ascend to the, the top 10 in the world of – he should become a Hall of Famer as a, as a Cleveland Guardian. And I, I, yeah. That would be that, that would be um, organizational malpractice if they just let him go because <laughs> I mean if they extend him now and they get like five years of let's not even say his twenty twenty production, which was insane. Like if he even gets like last year, he was a one thirty seven WRC plus, does that for four more years, maybe a couple years sprinkled in more there, like hits forty home runs a couple times, like that that's gotta be a you retire his number not retire his number, but put him in like the Hall of Fame in Cleveland, right? He'd be maybe a not baseball would... Hall of Fame, but if you got six more if you got four more years of what he did last year we're talking about a basically a 58 win player who then will have a few more years. Yeah, well, you're talking about an actual Hall of Famer, basically, is what you're talking about there. Like a legitimate, like one of the greatest Cleveland baseball players ever. Like up there with like maybe not like Nap Lajaway or anything like that, but like, you know, like, like <laughs> something just short of that. Like one, one step up there below. with people that are alive right now that could remember. Yeah, up there with <laughs> living human beings like yeah. Jim Tomey or, you know. Like, I mean that's the thing. Like if if he did that, he like if what what we just discussed, he would be. I'm just looking real quick. He would be fifth all time in wins above replacement uh, as a Cleveland baseball player. He'd be ahead of Stan Kovaleski, Earl Averill. He'd be behind Lou Boudreau. Is the next the next thing for him to jump. And that's just. Or then we're running out of color photos of guys. Who <laughs> that's have like another good territory. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They should do that. Seriously, yeah. though, that, that would be so insane. He would just eat. He would eat. Oh, man, that flying G is so cool. I know, right? You see it on patches. Oh, and man, stuff? I it forgot so about good. it. It's just right there. Oh, man. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'm so excited to see that in regular season stuff. Uh, you oh, mentioned man. Rick Manning. I mean, we need to do – I don't want to keep track of it. I, I just want to know how many times he says the wrong name and just blows right by it and does not stop to correct it, doesn't even pause. <laughs> <laughs> just keeps on trucking. It's gonna I mean, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not gonna watch every game, but yeah, I'll, I, I, I think as a as a staff, we can try and chart this. Yeah, <laughs> I think between, between the whatever eight or six or whatever, whatever, I'm sure I'm sure between all of us, we watch all the games. So yeah. yeah, I think I think we could do that. Yeah, if you see it happen, uh, if you're listening to the podcast at this point, um, at me if you, when you see it happen, we'll try to keep track of how many times he does it and and how many times he even bothers correcting himself. Because I don't think it'll be a whole lot. I don't think he cares, and he's just gonna truck through. Did you know that if Jose Ramirez has a year like he did last year, you know who he'll pass on the all-time wins above replacement list? Who's that, Mary? Sam McDowell. Oh, God. <laughs> Every time. He's everywhere. He's so sudden. He's glaring at me. <laughs> just scowling over his shoulder. Mean old man. Get out of here. All right, Mary. I think that'll do, us, do it for us this week. Um, if you are listening to podcasts when you're not adding me for Rick Manning using the wrong team name, uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't. It's been a while, so... We could use those to help us uh, get the word out there a little more. The podcast back. Let your let your friends know. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Matt R L Y Mayor at Merrill Lunch, like Merrill Lynch with lunch. There we go. I still got it. Um, Following Cover the Corner. Username? It is yeah at Cover the Corner. Covering the Corner on Facebook, and of course CoveringTheCorner dot com. Uh, Mayor, talk to you next week. I need to get a new Twitter name. So before uh, you leave, uh, let's. Uh, hey fans out there, I'm, I'm tired of Spoonerized Barry Bonds. So find a new <laughs> one for me. <laughs> there you go. That one makes me laugh, but anyway, I'll see you next week. <laughs>
time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.